Man, it's fun to worship with you guys. Hey, I, where's, where's my helpers? Where's uh, Justin, Josh? Come on up here. I got, I got stuff. I got a million things going on today in my brain. Uh, before we get started, I, I definitely need to pray because I got, I don't know, two, three, four different sermons going around in my head right now. We're going to see what he wants me to say. <laughs> it's just been there so much this week. I mean, there's just so much. I feel like he's saying about what it looks like to go next level. Yeah, yeah, come on out here, guys. Don't be shy, all right? Yeah, right here in the middle, right here in the middle. Uh, <laughs> while these guys are helping me out here, uh, let me just take a moment to just pray. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this moment, and I, I just ask for your guidance as we go through Scripture and we look at what it takes to go next level in our faith, to draw closer to you, uh, to, to get near to your heart, uh, to, to get in the center of your will, to draw closer and closer to that. And God, I, I just pray that that would come out today, that we would hear your word, that we would hear your heart, and that we would listen and obey what you're calling us into to go to this next level, to walk closer with you. God, let it be your words, not mine. Take everything away you don't want me to say. Add whatever you do once said. Let it be you that's glorified. In your name we pray, amen. Whole church said, amen. Here we go, church. So listen, I got these guys up here. We, uh, I, you might not know this. We went to college together. This is Josh, and this is Justin. And so we were at, yeah, woo! We, uh, we, we went to Nebraska Christian College, RIP. You got to say that every time now. They're, they don't exist anymore. We were college athletes. I say that very lightly, all right? We won four games in four years or something like that. Maybe eight, I don't know, give or take, four to eight. Uh, we, we played basketball on this team together. We practiced together. Uh, some of us, we, you know, we, we were in dorm rooms together. Uh, and part of being in a dorm room is you have really terrible, uncomfortable furniture that you share. And so we had this couch in our room, and we had this TV. And it, I, it wasn't one of those flat screens, right? It's still like one of the thicker ones, right? Like it was like, yeah, thick with two Cs. Can I say that in church? I don't know, maybe not. I repent, all right? It's going to be crazy today. I don't know. So here we are in college. What did we do in most of our free time? It wasn't studying or, you know, anything like that. It was uh, Nintendo 64, okay? Yeah, some of you guys, you know, like, that was the game system. It's still the game system. Like, I, I, I will say that is, like, the classic. I would go back to that every time. Uh, and so we'd get four of us in this room Three of us, I remember, we'd be on this couch, and one guy, you know, one special person got like the one single chair that we had in the room, and so it was really nice and classy. And so on this day, we are sitting here playing, and part of Mario Kart in 64 is, like, when we're talking about video, when we're talking about next level, I think of video games. You know, we talk about, as the church in the West, Western church, we, we get into the lobby of our faith, and we kind of just stay there, and we never go deeper into the levels of the actual game. We never go deeper into what God is calling us into. We just kind of sit and stay in the lobby. Another thing about video games is there are, there's cheat codes, right? Or there's little like, you know, combos that you can press or do, and it, you know, it'll give you some secret power or something. What, what else would you say in video games? Cheat codes or shortcuts, things like that. So in Nintendo 64, if you're a novice and you've kind of just, you know, toyed around with it, you might not realize this, but there are cheat codes in Nintendo 64. There are shortcuts you can take. And so 
we had figured some of these out on ourselves. Like, you know, the internet was still kind of new. We didn't know you could, like, research, you know, video game cheat codes on the internet at that time. In fact, I don't know if you could. You know, they didn't have that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we had dial-up, I think, still. I'm not sure. It's been a while since we've been in college. And so I remember, like, all of a sudden, some of us in the group had figured out, like, some of these cheat codes. And some of us were still kind of novices, and we hadn't figured it out. And so here we are on this couch, like, playing these games, and people had been using these cheat codes. Oh, man, this is not comfortable at all. We should have put the cushions on this. And so people had figured out some of these cheat codes in our group, but we had made a gentleman's agreement that we would not use the cheat codes. We had all said, we're not going to do it, all right? We, like, you know, we put our hands in, you know, fist bump or something. Like, we had agreed, right? None of us. Some of us. <laughs> some of us. Some of us. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> so, Andrew, you're my guy in the chair. You're, you're Cody Peterson, all right? Cody, he's going to watch this message online. He's doing ministry out in Scott's Bluff. And so, Andrew, just scoot your chair right over here next to us, okay? So, Cody's sitting here. We'd all made this agreement, and, uh, and we're sitting here, and we're playing. I, I think it was Wario Stadium. What do you think? Koopa Troopa Beach. You think it was Koopa Troopa Beach, okay? There's two great shortcuts you can take on either one, okay? I, I'll trust Josh on this one. you got a pretty I'm good right. mind. <laughs> I'm a little older than you. I'm losing some of my memory. That's fair, Okay. So here we are. <laughs> here we are playing Koopa Troopa Beach, and there's this great shortcut where was it? You cut through the waterfall, right? Yeah, yeah. You cut through this cave waterfall. It's like really tiny, and if you just miss by a centimeter, you hit the rock, and you like go spinning. You're like, you're done. You're not winning at that point, okay? And so we'd all agreed not to use it, and we're going and we're going, and finally we get to the last lap, and of all people, one of our elders in the church. <laughs> He did He wasn't an elder at the time, you know, it's fine. He decides he's going to take the shortcut and just completely nullify the gentleman's agreement we had made. And I tell you what, when he crossed that finish line, Cody, Andrew, you look nothing like Cody. I'm going to tell you that right now. Cody's like six foot one, and he has hands the size of like catcher's mitts. That's fair, right? Like they're huge. Cody jumps up out of his chair, like the chair goes flying back. You can just stand up. You don't have to jump, all right? And he comes over here, and he, he grabs the couch. See if you can grab this couch. Can you deadlift this couch with all three of us on here? Oh, you did it. You did it. That was good. That was good. Okay. Okay, you're at Cody level. You're at Cody level. But Cody, when he, he lifted, he, he didn't stop like Andrew. He lifted us into the air, like flying back. I, we had concussions, you know, couldn't play basketball for a week. It was terrible. Uh, I think he strangled Dud for a little bit after that. <laughs> okay, that's all I got. Thanks, guys. Woo, give him a hand. <laughs> I, I, I tell you all that just because it's fun, but also because I, there's something about cheat codes or, or doing something that we, we all agree, man, that's not fair, that kind of makes us angry or mad. And, and I believe the church in the West, we, we kind of look at the Acts 2 church and, and we look at some of the miraculous things that were happening. When you go through and you read and you read about the movement of the Holy Spirit in the Acts 2 church, and then you start to see how the power has kind of faded from the church over the years. 
and kind of is an understatement, when you look at the church today compared to the church in the book of Acts, we look completely neutered, zero power, okay? When you look in comparison to that early church, and so what did the church start to do? We started to make excuses, and we almost came up with this gentleman's agreement here in the West, and we said, well, the Holy Spirit doesn't move like that anymore. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak like that anymore. The miraculous does not occur anymore. But I'm telling you, churches in other parts of the world are experiencing a move of the Holy Spirit, and he's starting to move here again. And here at Revival, we're going to be open to the movement and the power of the Holy Spirit. We forgot about that third member. We, we talk all about God. We talk all about Jesus. We don't talk much in the West about the Holy Spirit and the power that he brings to the church. We are vessels for that power. We carry, we are temples of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And we carry that same power that rose Jesus from the grave. But we live, and we live like we are dry bones. We live like there is no movement anymore. And so the church in the West, we kind of made this unwritten agreement. Man, the, the power's gone. It, that doesn't happen anymore. All you can do is just get saved and just wait until either Jesus comes back or until you die and you go to heaven. That's the best we can live for here in this world. And that's a lie. And I'm going to tell you, as revival, as we begin to step in more and more, to obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit and step more and more into faith that he is going to move again. Man, the Holy Spirit, he's a cheat code because it's going to make people mad. Like it is. And it, it, it will make other churches and other believers mad and angry. And that's okay. I want to, I want to tell you that right now. It's okay because God will use that anger to start to stir something up in them. He'll use that jealousy. He'll use whatever it is. He'll see it and he'll say, no, no, no. See, they're just trying to listen to my voice again and believe by faith that I can still move because I can and I want to. You need to believe also. Lord, help our unbelief. That's what I'm praying for, for revival. Help our unbelief. Help the church in the West with our unbelief. Help us to believe again that you're going to move. And man, it, it might make people mad in the moment, but eventually they'll learn the cheat code. Eventually they'll learn it for themselves that they can listen and walk in obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And they can carry that same power and presence everywhere they go. He's going to use a movement. He's going to bring revival into his church again, and he's on the move. You can sense it, and you know it. But let me tell you something. The cheat code is uncomfortable. The cheat code, it starts with obedience. Because what did the church do? The church started to say, man, let's talk a lot about grace, but we're not going to talk so much about truth. Let's talk a lot about how we've been forgiven and man, we're covered, but we're not going to talk about what he's actually asking us to do. We're not going to talk about the action that real faith takes. That's one of the hard parts about revival. And it's going to challenge people because when we come into this, man, it's not fun to be challenged sometimes. It's not fun to think that you are in shape, to think that you are physically fit 
and then go play uh, you know, soccer or basketball and find out that was a lie, you're not in good shape, right? It's the same spiritually. Like you think, man, I'm doing great, I'm awesome, like this is great, and then you start to actually try to look at what it takes to run the race, to start to be obedient to his voice, and you find out, I don't want this, this is uncomfortable, because this means I gotta start training, and I gotta start working out, and I gotta start being obedient to the discipline again in my life. And that's hard. The church in the West, we got comfortable. He wants to make us uncomfortable. So we will trust in him. So we will walk in line with him. So that means we have to talk about difficult things. I, I, I do the same thing all week when I'm wrestling with some of this stuff. I, I'm not, man, I gotta tell you, when I'm writing a message, like the very first thing I had to do was learn to look right here first. Before I write this, and this is for me first. What is he saying to me first? Because I can't just look at everyone else and say, man, they got problems, they got problems. This is what God wants to work on over here. This is what God wants to change in their life. They're terrible. That girl, whoosh, geez, all right, you know? We can't do that. We have to look in first. And so that's what we're gonna do today. Here we go. Genesis chapter four. See, I'm already skipping stuff. My, uh, my Bible verse guy, Jake, back there, he knows. He can see what I'm skipping, but I know. This is where we got to go first. Genesis 1. Now, Adam had sexual relations with his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Right off the bat, she acknowledges where do all good things come from? This is something my grandpa would always pray. He said, Lord, help us remember where all good things come from. With the Lord's help, she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to her, his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd. While Cain cultivated the ground, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. R right there, let's stop and pause for a minute. Right there, some people, you know, you might first be hearing that, you might think, Okay, why, why did he choose Abel's gift over Cain? What, what did Abel bring? He brought, he brought lambs. He brought meat. What did Cain bring? Like, like he brought the best from his, you know, crops. And you might be looking at that. You might be thinking, that makes sense. God loves meat. He's not a vegan, all right? Like, I, I get it. Like, yes, like, there's some amens right there, all right? Yeah, all right? No, 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 that's not it. It doesn't matter what it was. It doesn't matter that it was crops. It doesn't matter if it was, you know, he was growing sod. You, ha you had to bring a tenth. And, and what did Cain do? He brought some. What did Abel do? He brought his very best, his firstborn. Jake, where are you at? Come here, Jake. Come here. Come here, bud. I I'm inviting you over for dinner, Jake. Come here. Come eat, come eat some dinner with me, man. I'm inviting my buddy Jake over, and it's like, man, I, I tell you what, Jake, I just, I opened up my fridge this morning. Ooh, I got some stuff for you, bud. I got some strawberries. Oh, my gosh, it smells. Ooh, this is, I don't know how long. There's this bag of chicken, and I don't know how long it's been in my fridge. 
I'm inviting Jake over for dinner. Jake, I got some chicken for you. Uh, I got some strawberries I found in the fridge. I got a hamburger patty. I, this might be only a week old. This is still pretty good. Is that mold? Is that mold? Is that mold? Okay. Let me tell you something, church. We invite our friends over and we put this out. We put out leftovers. What is that? That's trash. It's disrespectful. It's right? Like, that's disrespectful. You can tell me, you can be like, Alex, you're being a bad friend right now. Okay? And I and I and I pull out for myself, you know, I'm not really much of a cook, but actually that's not true. I cook a little, I grill, you know. In fact, some of you guys were asking, what happened to Alex's arm? This is a grill accident, all right? You're like, yeah, I, I got problems on the grill, all right? I pull out this nice burrito for myself, and I'm like, here, Jake, you get that, and I'm going to take this, all right? You take my leftovers, and I'm going to keep the best for myself. That's disrespectful. That's dishonoring to my friendship. Hey, take that burrito. Thanks, man. I love you. I bought it. Buy, will you find a trash can for this? <laughs> where, are we where are these trash cans at? I'm just going to throw it over here because it smells so bad. The worship team will pass out later. All right, I'll get that later. This is what we do, though. This is what Cain did. He brought his leftovers to God. And Abel brought his first. We're talking about our time, we're talking about our talent, and we're talking about our treasure. If you want to write those down, you can write those down today. We're talking about our time, our talent, and our treasure. Our time that we spend with God in comparison to the world, to TV, to social media, to movies, to friends, to whatever it is. Are you bringing your very best or are you giving him your leftovers? I knew you got my back. Our talent. He's gifted each and every one of us here. He's given us gifts and abilities. Are you using them for the kingdom? Or are you just using them to build your own kingdom? Are you giving him the very best of you or are you just giving him your leftovers? And then our treasure. This is what everybody's like. I don't, I don't want to go to church because they talk about money. God talks about money. Jesus talks about money. And we talk about it not because God needs our sacrifices but because he desires our hearts. He doesn't need your 10%. He doesn't. But he wants your heart. And there's so many things that we look at and we think, mm, you know what, I'll, I'll give them this area or this area. In fact, we do that as believers. A lot of us, we'll look at it and we'll say, well, I'll, I'll give God my talent. I'll give him my time. I'll serve on a Sunday and that, that's good enough. But I won't give him my treasure. And some of us, we'll give him our treasure. We'll give him that 10% and we'll give it faithfully every time. But we're not willing to give up that time to be alone with him, to listen to him, to dive into his word and see what he has to say and speak into our lives. I'm telling you, we can't just pick and choose from the three what we give to him. He's asking for a tenth at least from each area because that's just the minimum. 
to begin to trust him. Rick Warren, he talks about this. He, he said when he first started tithing, he and his wife, he said they started out at 10% and they made it a goal every year of their marriage to try and add and to go above and beyond in trusting God from that 10% to that 11. And I would tell you, that's a great principle to try, to go from 11 to 12 to 13, to see how he delivers in every area of your life. And I'm not just talking about treasure. We're talking about all three, time, talent, treasure. Are you willing to trust him in every area and give him your best and your first and not your leftovers? It, yesterday, like I, man, all day I'm with, I got these buddies and we've been friends since high school. We, you know, went to youth group together. We get together every year and we do this fantasy football draft and, you know, I, I spend all day with them and it's great and it's fun and it's not a bad thing, but it, you know, at the end of the day I get home and, and man, am I giving Steph my very best when I sit down to talk with her after a day like that? Or am I just giving her my leftovers at the end of the day like that? And you can fill in the blank, whoever it is, but no, 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 let's fill in the blank with God. When you look at your days, how you spent them this past week, and how you spent your time each day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, did you give God your very first 10 minutes of the day? Or did you just give him your last two or three as you were falling asleep laying there? Did you just give him your leftovers at the end of the day? That's what Cain did. Cain gave God his leftovers. Why are you so angry? Verse six. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. You will be accepted if you do what is right. Sometimes we're kind of like in the, you know, in, the, in the modern Western church, we're like, everyone's accepted, everyone's fine, we're all covered by grace, you don't have to you know, do anything. You know? And it's like, you're right, you don't have to do anything. It's already be, been earned on the cross, okay? But the reason we obey is to do what is right and draw close to the heart of the Father. Because he wants you to draw close to him. He's already near. He's waiting for you to draw near also, okay? So when he says this, you will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master, the more we just keep abusing his grace and saying, man, I'm covered. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to listen to God's word. I don't need to be obedient in any of these areas of my life. The more we open ourselves up to attack, the more vulnerable we become to the enemy. He is crouching at the door. And the less you listen to God, the less you listen to the Father, the less you walk in obedience to him, man, the more you swing that door open and you invite the enemy into your life. Close the door. As you walk in obedience to him, you'll start to see the doors begin to close. And you'll start to notice you get a lot healthier. Some of that anxiety, some of that worry, some of that stress, some of what you're living under and living through 
all of a sudden it begins to fade because you're walking in faith with the Father as your provider in every area. That will change the way you live your life. It will set you free from some of the strongholds you've been living under for a long time and you just accept it as normal. He wants to break those strongholds off you. But that means walking in obedience to him. And we think that should just be automatic. No, 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 it's a discipline and we begin to build it. Just like going to the weight room, just like getting ready to, if you're gonna run a marathon, you have to choose to get up and train. You have to choose to get up and spend your first 10, your first 15 with him and give all your very best to him to start the day and not your leftovers at the end of the day. Give him that first One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? He knows. This is just a good dad right here. This is what a good dad does. Make him tell you, all right? Where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know. Cain responded, am I my brother's guardian? Am I, am I my brother's keeper? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you. No matter how hard you work, from now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. God does not give us his commands. He does not give us his word. He does not call us to obey, to be a burden. He calls us to set us free from a curse. He calls us to set us free to walk through life under his blessing and favor, under his protection. There's a hedge of protection that he offers when you walk in obedience to the Father. Here's, what I, here's the image that God gave me the other day as I was thinking about this. I, I think about the walls of Jericho. And, and these walls, they're up, you know, they would build these huge walls around these cities and these kingdoms. Okay, and, and I think, you know, it doesn't have to be Jericho. It can be anywhere. Any kingdom, any castle, they build walls, right? What do we do as believers? Now, we try to get as close to the wall as we can. We try to get right up in that window so we can peek out and see what's going on in the rest of the world. And we're kind of like, oh, look at that. Look at those people over there. Oh, they look like they're having fun. L let me tell you something. At the wall, that is where people die, all right? When the enemy is coming, that is where people die. But we try to get as close to the wall as we can. How close can I stick my foot over this line without getting hit by an arrow? And we keep going and going. In fact, some of us, we get into the castle, we say, yes, Jesus is my king. And we, we walk into that castle and we say, yes, you are king, you are Lord, you are savior. And after a while, we start to think, ah, I like that Savior part, but the Lord part, oof, I don't know about that. I kind of want to see what's going on. And we drop that drawbridge, and we kind of sneak out, and we peek around. What's going on out here? What are you guys all doing out here? Okay? The safest place to be when the enemy is attacking is at the center of his kingdom, at the center of his will. Then the arrows can't touch you there. The curses can't get a hold of you there. When you walk in obedience, man, the closer you walk in obedience to the Father, Father, the closer you walk in the center of his will and you are protected there. There's a hedge of protection there. 
And that doesn't mean, man, you walk through life, you're untouchable. It means, man, it, it protects you from things in this world. When you step out of obedience and alignment with his will, there are things we bring upon ourselves. And we say, God, why is this happening? You know, why, why is this bad thing happening? Why, why did I get in this car crash? And God is saying, well, you broke the law. You sped. Like, well, I couldn't stop. You know, you had the free will. You had the choice. Okay? You chose this. But when we walk in obedience to him, there is a natural wall of protection that he puts around us. You can see it in scripture, Psalm 5, 12. Here we go, Jake. I'm putting you to work, man. I'm jumping. We're going to jump around some of these verses. Psalm 5, 12, for you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them, around them. There is supernatural protection when you walk in obedience to his voice in your life. And that means everything, every area, your time, your talent, your treasure. There are so many good things in this world that can become idols. There are so many good things in this world that can become ultimate things if we let them. We can look at some of these things and, and we'll look at them and we'll say, that's not a sin. It's not a sin for me. Here's what happened. I, once again, like a lot of my stories happen with my friends or my dad or what, you know, I was driving with my dad yesterday. He's, he's in our fantasy football league. It's all these young guys and then my dad. He's fun. People like to hang out with him. We have a great time. And so we're driving to Lincoln to meet up with all these guys. And, and we start talking and I, and I mentioned this book that we... Like, he's been getting me into books since I was a kid. I mean, I, I remember being in high school, and he introduced me to some, like, detective thriller. And I, like, man, I, I read that thing in a day. Like, I just ate it up. I, I, I loved it. It was fun. And so we have always bonded over that. We've talked about books and stories, and we love it. And so I was talking about this book, and it came out in January. And usually when one of these books comes out, like, I, I, I get it, and I read it right away. And I told him, yeah, I'm, you know, kind of like, I don't know, a little ways in. I haven't really even gotten close to finishing it. And he was like, what's going on? Like, you're usually like, you're done with that thing in less than a week. And I, and I hadn't really fully processed this. But ever since 2020, the, for me, like, man, there was something that shifted spiritually in our world in 2020. You can see it. You know, there was a spiritual awakening for a lot of people in 2020. They started to look around and they started to wake up to some of the realities of our world, that there is darkness, that there is an enemy that came to steal, kill, and destroy. And so for me, it woke me up out of this slumber of comfort that I was in as a believer, just kind of in coast mode. And what did I do? Man, I spent all the way up until that point, the last decade, you know, 2010 to 2020, I spent filling every moment of silence in my life with something. I hated the silence. And so I, I would fill it with movies. I would fill it with TV. I would fill it with books. And these things aren't sin. They're good things, but they became ultimate things for me. In fact, I, he, he introduced me to this series called Jack Reacher. You guys ever heard of Jack Reacher? Some of you guys know Jack Reacher? Jack's pretty awesome. He's a pretty fun character. I, that first year I got introduced, I found out, you know, I, I read one of these books. I found out there's a lot of these books. 
Like I read one and I was like, that was amazing. And so I, this is a whole bag of books, right? <laughs> These are Jack Reacher books, okay? And I just, that whole year, I started reading these every free minute of my day. And I, I think I read, I want to say 20 or 21 of them. I don't know how many were out at the time. And I just, I kept reading them and reading them. I finished every one of these books that year. <laughs> That's a lot of, it was a lot of time, all right? It consumed me. I would stay up till midnight reading these books. And so as my dad and I were talking, and I was starting to process this because I hadn't fully processed why I had started watching less TV and less movies and reading less fiction since 2020. I, I hadn't fully wrapped my mind around it. And as we're talking, I, I realized, I told him, I was like, I, I gorged myself for years on media. I self-medicated for years on fiction and movies and TV because I didn't want to deal with what was going on in here. There were areas of my life I didn't want to hand over to him. There were things I was holding on to, and so because I was holding on to them, what did I have to do? I had to get numb so I didn't have to deal with them. I had to read. I had to dive into somebody else's story because I didn't want to live in my own. Man, I'm so thankful he woke me up in 2020. That's where revival started. Because it started right here first. He put it in my heart first. And it, he said, I want to move again through my people. I want to wake others up the same way you're waking up now to who I am. The same way you're starting to desire to be in my presence again. I'm going to bring that to others. And you're just a vessel, Alex. Do it. Be obedient to my voice. Yes, Father. Whatever you want. Because it's so fun. Like I... I drive in silence. People probably think I'm a psycho, but I just want to hear his voice. I just want to listen to him. When I'm home alone, I sit in silence. People, most people are probably like, are you a serial killer? No. I just want to hear his voice. There's some of you in here right now. That's what he's saying to you. There's things that you've been self-medicating on. They're not sins but they're good things that you've made ultimate things. They're good things that you've made idols. He is tearing down every idol in our hearts to make room for his presence. It's gonna be uncomfortable because that's what he does. He carves us up like a knife. And right now he's speaking to each and every one of you. There is something that you've been holding back from him with your time, with your talent, or with your treasure. Some of you, you know, you've just been giving him the leftovers. You've just said, whatever I got in my pocket this week, God, you can have that, man. That, that's how great I am. I'm so generous. And he's saying, no, 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 I want your first, and I'll teach you to live on the rest. I'm going to teach you discipline and trust, and you're going to go deeper with me than you've ever been before. And some of you, you, you've been giving him that leftover time at the end of the day. And you've been saying, that's enough, you know. I opened up my Bible app and I read the verse of the day. You're welcome, God. And he's saying, this isn't for me. This is for you. You are dying a slow death and I'm waking you up again. 
Man, he's bringing the dry bones to life, right? You can feel it. You can sense it. You know right now in your heart he's moving and speaking, okay? This isn't shame or guilt. This is conviction. I was talking about that with our prayer team today. You have to be able to separate those things. And some of us, we come into the church and we're like, don't guilt me. Don't shame me. No, 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 no. This isn't shame or guilt. This is conviction. And this is accountability to start running the race again because he's calling you to run. You got to turn it off so you can hear his voice. Whatever idol you've built up, man, he's speaking it right now into you. You know what it is. Tear that idol down and worship and say yes to him today. That worship team, let's, come, let's get up here and let's get ready to worship. We're, we're going to sing this song. And I, I love the lyrics to this song. Andrew, where are you at? Tell, tell me the lyrics. What's this, what's this song about? Preach with me, bro. No, 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 obedience. What's this song about? You can turn your mic on, that's all right. So the, the chorus is, I will love you with my yes. I will love you with my yes and my obedience. I will love you with my yes and my obedience. The church, we just said, man, all, all you gotta do is say yes one time to him in the waters of baptism and then, and then that's it. You're covered by his grace. He earned it. Yes, he did earn it. But he earned it because he wants relationship with you. And when we say yes to him, when we walk in obedience to him, then we draw near to the Father. Look at Romans with me. Romans chapter 6. Here's what Paul says about our obedience. Romans chapter 6, verse 15. Well then, since God's grace, let's stand up, church, while we read this. Let's stand up as we get ready to worship him, as we get ready to say yes to him. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Church, let me ask you that, and then you repeat back, of course not. Since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God. Choices lead, feelings follow. You're not always going to feel like being obedient. You're not always going to feel like giving him your first and your best, but we can choose, and when we choose to obey, man, the feelings will follow. All of a sudden, you'll start to find joy in obedience because there is joy in saying yes to him. Some of you today, you, you've never said yes to the waters of baptism. That's one of the first choices you can choose to say, I'm going to be obedient to his voice. I'm going to choose to step into the waters of baptism. And we filled it up today because... Man, I, we're believing that there's still people here today that he's been speaking to and saying, you haven't even said that first yes to me. Obey my voice. Trust me. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. 
It changes the way we live when we say yes to him. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey his teaching that we have given you. Now you are free from slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Let's say yes to him today, church. Let's say yes with our obedience.